like scary stories, if you like tasty beers, open up your mouth holes and open up your ears for... Time. It's time to go, it's time to podcast, get your ears ready for the podcast, we're gonna yell into your ears, it's gonna be the best, into your ears, drinking beers in your ears. Wow, he's on a roll. Tonight. That was good. That's hey, good. I, you know, I can do this all day, that's that's what's great about me, that's why I have me on the show. Off the dump. Uh, I mean, I, I often question why we have you on the show, so I'm glad to finally have a definitive answer to that. Yeah, you have a reason. Yeah, you bring I have fun. one reason just one one just one just reason. one reason that's all you well, need no two he i mean last space last week you saved the podcast so oh, there was true. that yeah which twitter was like how did this happen and i was like i don't, I don't know, know. Look at, look i don't know happened. and i'm upset this look i can't i can't explain it we're in the upside down it's fine but you know what i don't want to say best part of the show but i will say best part of the show (laughs) i i don't want to say that either so there we go we both none of us none of none None of us wanted to say it but only i will (laughs) bob is that gopher outside eating pizza while we're the dog inside being like why 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 are you allowed why are you allowed to exist with pizza but you know what time it almost is? What time Christmas is it? Christmas time. It's it almost is. Christmas time. Happy birthday, Jesus. It's almost Jesus' birthday. It's he's the reason for the season. I don't know if you, you are aware. Throw, yeah, I don't know if you're aware that you just threw that phone. I did. You just threw it. I got so excited because she, she should be moved by the spirit. I did. I was moved by the Christmas spirit. I love it. And in honor of Christmas, um, BuzzFeed did put together uh, like a list of 26 questions that non-Americans have for Americans at Christmas time. Okay. And some of them are... Very valid. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Pretty valid. Like here, pour a hemplo. Give me an example. Why do Americans send Christmas cards to literally everyone? Which don't know. to me seems like you don't. Because international <laughs> people, we actually care about care each about other. Care about our friends? Because we have once a year where we get to write up a newsletter. Mm-hmm. A newsletter. A newsletter. And tell people what our children, our shitty children, have been doing all shitty here. Well, it's been and another cover year. And covered with photos of my dog wearing Easter bunny ears. Yeah, it's fun. It's been another year in the Butcher Trunder family. Young William just got a job milking sheep at the local dairy. Yeah. Baby Julia graduated kindergarten with honors. We're all very proud We're of her. So she made proud. the tallest house of blocks in the whole class. Yeah, yeah, why that's Christmas information, I don't know. No, I but I do read but them, yes, and I but yes, do make fun of you. Oh, we uh. do we do do that. Yeah. I've got multiple picture collage cards already this year. Mm-hmm. We've gotten a couple picture collage yeah, cards. Yeah, we've got a yep. couple. Yep. yep. And then you just look and you go, "Damn, your children are adults now." Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, just like, "That's a big ass baby." Yeah, that baby's <laughs> like <laughs> That baby's that baby got big. How'd you get um, such a big baby? You got a big baby. And uh, bio. You guys watched the new season of Big Mouth yet? No. no. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, another question yes. that non-Americans need to know about Americans at Christmas is if we actually buy real trees for Christmas or if that's just something out of the movies. Yes, idiot. Yes. Of course yes. we do. We really yes, go we m- murder we mis- trees. 
in the spirit of Jesus, we murder a tree. Yes. We hang its desiccated body in our home yep. for you, three you, weeks. You didn't, you didn't yeah. read the fucking Bible? Yeah. People? And then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just like Jesus did. This is one of Jesus' favorite things was to in cut Bethlehem, down trees. In Bethlehem, mm. he was actually born underneath a, tr- a pine tree. Yeah. Underneath the, the desiccated corpse, corpse of a pine, of a pine tree. Yes. <laughs> because Bethlehem, known for its coniferous forests. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Thick on the ground. Yeah, the Middle East is known <laughs> for pine trees. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Any other any other good questions from uh, the international yes. community that we can answer on this show because yes. they come yeah, to we're us for here. the answers. The we're here. We are, we're here for you. We are three real Americans sure. here with real information I for am you. I'm a real American. Fight, Fight for, for what's, what's right, America. Uh, it's a Hulk Hogan. So, do Americans actually call hot chocolate hot cocoa, or is that just a cheesy Christmas movie type thing? No, hundred percent. Hot cocoa is a fucking cocoa. thing. It's with cocoa powder. Um, yes. I'll have you know that there is technically a difference. Technically. Technically. Oh, technically? Hot, co- hot cocoa is made from cocoa powder, oh. while hot chocolate is a liquid made from cocoa beans. Even oh, though the well, term- now, 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 now. Well, then, now. You, then Europe, do you actually drink hot chocolate, or are you just calling hot cocoa hot chocolate? Are you yeah. misnaming hey, it? Oh. Hey, you're, hey, are you misgendering your hot holiday beverage? I go and yeah. they call it hot. Holiday. Yeah, you guys, you guys talk Hot so much. Holiday. You guys talk so much shit about American chocolate, and you don't even know the fucking difference. Flip a table. How dare you? I'm bah! pretty angry right now. Yeah. Um. And then finally, to wrap this fun thing up, there's 26. Yeah. I'm not gonna go through all. 26. There's a lot. There's a lot. The best. Um. No, it's true. And why do uh, Americans call Christmas sweaters ugly sweaters? I don't get it. They ain't even ugly. No, oh, because they ugly, bitch. No, because they ugly. Because they ugly. We also in America we make them ugly on purpose because that's yes. funny to us because in America. It's yes. funny. It's it's it starts with the Chris the sweater you get from like your auntie or your grandma who like spent or, all this time knitting it. Or for you British, your nan, your nan, gran, <laughs> granny. Yeah. Um. They will usually spend a lot of time, and then they give it to you, and you have to wear your cute little jumper. Because I'm British now. Yeah, and, exactly. And and then it's, it, but it's ugly. Now yeah. in America, we we take that and we expand on it. I because we, we have to make things grandma. bigger I have I have a separate better. question entirely. Okay, yes. listen. Okay. These, the, they said they ain't even ugly. Where the hell are you? And what kind of ugly ass clothes are you wearing in your backward ass country? I'm guessing he's from Sminivnania. Sminifstan? Sminifstan. And Sminifstan. And Sminifstan has the worst clothes. Yeah, they're up up in the frozen north. Everybody's wearing these ugly ass sweaters. You look stupid. You just look dumb. I mean, maybe they're just a whole country of ugly people in ugly sweaters. And they don't understand that us Americans... Look We're beautiful, beautiful. at all times. If you're not wearing a sweater that is uglier than you, people will look at your face and realize that you are ugly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you're much. so distracted by these horrible sweaters, you don't see and the hideous you people. Don't because of Americans, because if Americans aren't perfect at all times, it has to be done ironically. Yes. Absolutely. That is the American way. Have you way. seen the Kardashians? They're our version of royalty. Yeah. This is what we're working with over right. here. That's what we got. Y'all got real royalty. We've got butt implants. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Does she have butt implants? Is I'm that confirmed? Sure she does. No, yeah. man. She took x-rays to prove they ain't nothing in there but butt. Yeah, this is, that's a hundred percent butt meat. That's just a big fat ass. <laughs> that's a big fat ass. Oh my god! But you know, you know, you know what isn't made of butt meat? You know, <laughs> you know what else is a big fat, fat ass? ass? Hi. Hi. <laughs> See, 
it's what else I was going with who else has it but then like, neither one of us have big fat no, asses tiny white girl butts we both have tiny white girl In- butts inverted no it's nothing but disappointments over here right so anyway welcome to the booze and bruise podcast we're the podcast where we tell each other ghost stories we drink thematically appropriate beer and sadly we have the skinniest littlest asses so this is just the tiniest flattest like table. the flattest white girl butt you could imagine it's on both of us. Both That's of us. what's happening. Yeah. Bob probably has the roundest butt on this podcast. By the way, get them undies. Still available. $4,000. <laughs> Excellent time. I'm not going to lie to you. It's an impressive bottom I have. You, you have the most impressive. The people go crazy for this butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, based on my experience, zero people go crazy because no one has bought the get them undies tier. Well, you know, we just haven't been advertising haven't it that much. We have found the right you know, person. The, when the right person finds it, <laughs> I the think... the right fucko There's finds a lid us. for every pot, guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and unfortunately... And it's difficult for me to find a lid for this butt pot... For this because pot. Because of its incredible girth. <laughs> so, it's so juicy. This juicy bottom is hard to cover with underpants. Excellent oh my God, speaking of Speaking of juicy boys... Excellent tie. <laughs> The beer we got this, this week is super juicy, boy. This beer is a juicy, juicy boy. Um, it is from... Uh, it's Captain Ron from Aslan Brewing Company, which is somewhere in Oregon, uh, Washington. Bellingham, Washington. Uh, it is a IPA. Yes, it is. And it's got uh, some cool tropical motif yeah. with the outline of a, a day-glow lion wearing an eye patch. He fucking slaps. Yeah, this lion he slaps. does. Um, Aslan, I... the guy who's in your wardrobe, got into a yeah. fucking bar fight and now you know has he... to wear an eye patch. Yeah, you know what he found in that wardrobe? Some fucking style. Yeah, yeah. Is this like is Aslan like the fucking lion witch in the wardrobe? Yeah. yeah. So this is the lion. The lion. But yeah. He's Captain Ron but he's version Captain of the lion. Ron but he's the Captain like, Ron version of the lion. Do you get it now? I, yes. I really haven't looked at the can art at all. I have okay, taken well, a sip of this. Look beer. at it now. So there's this that. Is how much, this is how much preparation he does for the show, guys. Oh, totally. Hasn't even looked at the can. Nope. No, he, he you, sits you know down. That. You said, Bob, what are we drinking next week? I literally gra- grabbed the one in the front and said, this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, I did not look at that can, but I did talk about my can. Yeah. So in honor So we of went Captain Ron. Captain Ron. Obviously, that leads us to maybe our biggest stretch yet. Yep. Which is haunted Captainable location. That's right. Captain location locations capable of having a, a captain. captain. So it could be a boat, it could be a something. It could sure. be the military, it could yeah. be the police, it could be a airplane, anything, anything. that is Captain sure. a bull. If you know that Captain Morgan commercial where they have all the different types of captains, <laughs> sure. that was yeah. our inspiration. Yeah. One of those motherfuckers. That's if, right. Whatever if, that if means. Ghost that puts its foot up on a barrel. <laughs> Yeah, you, whatever that means to you. Could have been a pirate. I don't think either of us did pirates. No, I well, did that's not. that's a little disappointing, but I'm willing to hear you out. Well, you have no. to. Okay, Thanks. great. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> no, I just told Thanks, me you had to. We're, we're fine. So, Tuna, what, what captainable oh, location? Oh, that's right. I'm first. I'm first. I got you. So <laughs> tell forgot. us about your captainable location. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about the drum barracks. Ooh. That is drum, named after a person, not the percussion instrument, which Wikipedia so helpfully told be more than once. Oh, okay, good. But what if... Wait, is it spelled the same way? Yes, it is oh, spelled the same way. That's why the people got confused. Yes, yeah, so it is drum barracks. 
Yes, it's they're dumb about drums. So drum barracks is in Wilmington, California, mm. which is basically like, if you're not a California person, it's basically just inland of San Pedro. So it's oh, okay, it's, so it's south like a- and slightly east of Los Angeles. Okay, it's like twenty miles from LA. So <clears throat> there's a barracks. There we go. Just to, to set the tale, um, it's California. It's 1861. <sighs> the country is at war. We are at war. Yes. With so other. California has sided with the union. Yeah. Good um, job. But yeah. Thumbs Way up. to yes. be on the right side of history. <laughs> yeah. So, well, most of California has sided with the union. Oh, but, no! at this, but at this point in California's history, most of the people live up north and not down south. Mm. So a lot of the people in the big cities up north are like, we're with the union. But a lot of people down south were like very recent uh, like new California residents who had mm-hmm. moved in from much more uh, like Southern and agrarian locations like Texas. Oh. So they were a Great little bit self. like, well, I don't know about that. Up North old prospector down South farmer. Farmer. Yeah. Racist farmers. Racist oh, okay. farmers. So to be clear, definitely racist farmers. Uh-oh. So, so then California is like, okay, well we're supposed to be for the union, but like in the presidential election, something like Southern California was pretty much all Los Angeles at, at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had gone like 80% for the Confederacy. Oh, God. like 80% against Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So they were like, fuck, if we want to maintain California as a whole state, mm-hmm. and if we want to maintain this as a union state, we're going to have to get a union stronghold down here in Southern California. And then force people, bend them to your will. Yes. Okay. Yes. So make them realize d- that people are people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I found I found a, a a lot of stuff I got from a curbed article, which was delightful. Uh, but there's a there's a quote about it which felt very true to our our current situation. Oh, okay. So I will read you a quote from a union general within California at this time. Okay. And I will do it in my best union general <sighs> voice. You got okay. this, girl. <sighs> There's like a strong union feeling with the majority of people of this day, but secessionists are like much more active and zealous, which gives them more influence than they ought to have based on their numbers. I'm that is Chad. so accurate for today. Right? I was like, yes, it's a vocal minority who's mm. like starting to fuck shit up. So they're like, fuck it. We got to build a, a goddamn yeah. Uh, I liked awesome I liked port. Colonel Chad. Hey. Yeah, Colonel Chad. <laughs> hey, I'm like General of the Pacific. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. That? Go Lincoln. Yep. Uh, yeah. So like, uh, Texas had recently like annexed huge parts of Arizona and New Mexico into the Confederacy, mm-hmm. and a bunch of like Confederacy pri- privateers, pirates, basically were like sinking Union boats off the coast of California. Oh God. So they were like, okay, we're we're gonna. We're going to build a base. It's going to be around Los Angeles, but close to the port so that we have access to the water. Smart, smart. We're going to build. At the, when it was first built, it was called um, like Fort Drum, mm-hmm. but very quickly became Drum Barracks. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so the there were two huge union supporters in Southern California, and their names were Phineas Banning. Nice. Uh, and and Kurt. <laughs> yes, and Ferb. <laughs> Um, and, and they Phineas, took over the tri-state area. <laughs> Phineas Banning was, uh, he actually like founded Wilmington, which at the time was called New San Pedro. Mm-hmm. Oh. But he's huge. He owns all this goddamn land. And the current mayor of Los Angeles, Benjamin Wilson. Mm. So these two union supporters get together and they're like, we have a bunch of land in Southern California. We're going to give the union government 60 acres for $1. Oh shoot. Okay. So that they can build a, so that they can build a fort down here. 
So then they set up Fort Drum and it was awful. Oh no. So when the when the general who was supposed to be in charge of it arrives, he says, "On arrival, I found the encampment, both officers and men, in a very uncomfortable situation." Oh no. The encampment is stationed in a low-fat plain about a mile from San Pedro. There's nothing to shelter them from the sea winds, which at times are very severe. Tents are often blown down and the atmosphere is filled with sand. The tents are old. If it is the intention of the department to keep troops at the present location, uh, uh, temporary quarters should be built at once. Oh my god! <laughs> they're you know basically what? It's like, like great surfing they weather. Just built like this shitty like this tent. Tent a tent was getting blown over. In the yes, <laughs> they were like, we got sixty acres, we put up some tents, and went. It's a fort. Done. And everyone was like, Nah, bro, that ain't the move. No, no, that no. Ain't we, the need, move. we need roofs. There needs I see to be. You have some misunderstandings uh, <laughs> about what a fort is. <laughs> There's sound in the air. Everyone's pretty grumpy about They're that. Really, Allow like, me to elucidate. Nobody <laughs> Look, likes I'm, sand. I'm General Chad, and I speak for my people. And then I'm General Anakin. I don't like <laughs> sand. It's coarse. <laughs> it's coarse. It gets I everywhere. Like it gets sand. everywhere. Uh, so that was that was basically in 1861, <laughs> and by 1862 they had built an actual encampment. Oh, okay. Uh, Thank so you they for s- providing us with like walls. <laughs> oh my God! Thanks so much for the like roofs and stuff. Um, so they spent about a million Sack. dollars. Uh, the uh, whole faculty included 19 buildings. Okay. Which included like stables, a quote stone magazine, which I just What's imagine is like a giant like good housekeeping made out of rock. Yeah, mm. yeah. Or it's like the first Rolling Stone, and they yeah. have it like it's actually a stone. It was a stone. Yeah, it was just rolling, and it, it was rolled, just like rock. Rolling. You couldn't stone. find any moss on it. That was I like great rocks. The only uh, moss was stone. I mean, Mick Jagger has <laughs> been around since the 1860s. It's he true. definitely was there. Uh, there was a bakery, a hospital, a guardhouse, and. Uh, uh, bigger offices for both the junior officers and then the commanding officer. So these are like all the 19 buildings. Um, it was built to house five companies and a company's anywhere from like 80 to like 150 men, depending. Okay. Okay. But that's how big it was supposed to be. Um, and in case you were wondering, it was named after Colonel Richard Colter Drum. Mm. Mm, one of um, my favorite drummers. Colonels. Yes, who was the assistant adjunct general in the Army of the Pacific. Sure. I assume the assistant to the adjunct general yes. in the Army of the Pacific. He's the Dwight Schrute. Yeah. Um, and one of their like biggest claims to fame is like pretty much right after it was built, they got to house those 36 camels that America bought to fight in the Civil War. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon. Yes. Oh, yeah, you're going to love that Patreon which, camel story. Which led me down a rabbit hole of like, Melly, I know you did a story about camels. I can't fucking find it. Wait, where do we do the camels? <laughs> Why? Control find camel. <laughs> it was on Patreon. We found it. It's we fine. Found, we yeah. didn't already do the story. Yeah. I checked. And, we're, and, and, and Patreon subscribers, we're not just giving these stories away to these yeah. other people. <laughs> These these camels are fucking fascinating. There is a Patreon about yep. it. I'm just telling you, these camels for a while were living at my and our at my favorite barracks. most special listeners have already heard it. Yes. The rest of you, <laughs> mm. you're about to hear this version. <laughs> this story, it's pretty good. <laughs> so how dare you? You don't even know how good my story is yet. This story is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> there are camels and ghosts. Fun. Oh! oh! <laughs> Whatever. You're not fucking in charge of me. I'm going to tell my story whether you like it or not. I'm excited so, to tell hear the it. same story twice. The drum wow. bear. I, <laughs> I would do that. I do double checked. Birthday. On Jesus' birthday. 
<laughs> so the uh, the drum barracks were run by a young colonel who was a lieutenant colonel whose name was James Curtis. And uh, both Wikipedia and the Curbed article quoted that he was famous for, quote, uh, enslaving native Californians. Oh. Oh. Hmm. I don't know if that's a thing you should be famous yeah, hey, hey, I mean, I for. think in the 1860s that got you some notoriety. Hey, we're trying to to like join the union, and this guy's super into slaves. This guy is totally <laughs> not stealing so Native Americans. He's like not trying to enslave the brown people. He's just trying to kill them. Ugh. Oh, that's way better. Okay, uh, okay. Super, yes, yeah, yeah. We like compost them down. It's fine. Oh yeah, super natural. Mother it's Gaia, yeah. Circle of life. I'm super into it. Let's go circle. My, my name. <laughs> My name is Colonel Curtis. Uh, so Colonel Curtis uh, came with his brand new wife, newlyweds, and his wife's name is Maria. So they came to run the uh, drum barracks. And for a while, because they came like pretty much right at the beginning. So while they were there, the commanding officer's quarters weren't built yet. So they were living in the junior officer's quarters and had kind of just taken over the whole place. Uh-huh. This will be important later. Natch. Okay. Ooh. Remember this fact. Things to keep in mind. Yes. I've already so, forgotten it. In case you wondered, like, what the fuck were Union soldiers doing in California? Mostly it was people who were, like, coming down from the gold rush who were signing up to fight in the war, were getting all their training done in California, and then were heading out to the actual fight. Bunch of I old see. bearded men with donkeys and, like, a bunch of pots and pans yeah. rattling on the back. I'm here yeah. to join the Union Army. Mark, I just me came back from rambles. San Francisco where I was pinning for gold. <laughs> I'm here to fight for the man in the fancy hat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pretty much. That's, I assume, what the whole fort Everybody was Everybody sound of. like, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. You have and Colonel Chad. Like random Chad Jr. You have Chads and you have old prospectors. Yeah. So you uh, have a real peculiar dialect there, General. Like I can This t- is like my big effective accent because I'm native and I'm like also in charge of a lot of people. Like, Don't I sound you? important? You're super good. I'm excited to start taking orders from you. Right. Yeah, I Just bet you right. are, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll um, try to affect <laughs> some of your language, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, me Imi- too. <laughs> Imitations is sincerest form of flattery, Sorry, bro. <laughs> Okay, so at its biggest, there were over 7,000 men, mostly, who were staying within uh, drum barracks, which made it larger in population than Los Angeles County was okay. at the time. So it was basically the biggest thing on and popping in Southern California. Hell yeah. And, and again, this was to keep all, any Confederate sympathizers out of Southern California. So right. it really it served its purpose. That's what it was supposed to do. And it really fucking did it well. Hmm. Good job um, us. And a- after they actually started fucking, after they decided not tense buildings, mm-hmm. they actually built really nice buildings because these were like young, fresh recruits who hadn't been ravaged by the war yet. Mm. They had a bunch of like vigor. So everything was built really well and like very nicely. They had food. They had water. Yeah. These soldiers and barracks are ready for the weekend. <laughs> They're ready for the weekend. So a lot of the soldiers were like, this is like the best union like installation that probably the whole union army has. Is this is these barracks? Keep this the is the nicest place. Yeah, <laughs> this is the nicest place to have a war right here <laughs> in San Pedro. Um, so then the Civil War ended, and they didn't have a whole lot of use for a Union Army installation in Wilmington. No, I imagine um, not. 
Yeah, so then uh, most of the the soldiers all left, and then it was virtually empty and completely run down by 1870. Like, the buildings were all fucking falling apart. Nature just took it back. Oh, God. Oh. They literally <laughs> just left all of their shit. They're still, like, Pretty half-eaten The, the only building they were... I just took my pots and pans and donkey back to San Francisco. I'm gonna get some gold. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much the only building that was still in use at that point was the hospital mm-hmm. because they like didn't have anywhere else to move like the sickies and the one leggies after all of the right, 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 right. sickies and one leggies. <laughs> yeah, or one armies. I mean, it was that was big. There was there's like a limb graveyard on the premises. Oh, like, is big cool. troubles he that happened in Steve's everywhere in the Civil War. Yeah. Liam's. Liam's. Um, so it was officially abandoned by the U.S. military in 1871. Okay. Um, and then Mr. Banning and Mr. Wilson, so Phineas and Ferb, bought all the land back. Oh, oh, cool. For like pennies on the dollar what it was worth, but definitely more than a dollar. Yeah, because that's... <laughs> well... Yeah. Uh, the so land's then, so nice you bought it twice. Yeah, yeah pretty much. So that, well, I don't think they bought it the first time, to be I think fair. They just t- took it. You claimed it once and bought it twice. Do you have yeah. a flag? Uh, so uh, Phidias Banning took his part and made the city of Wilmington, pretty oh, much. Cool. Hmm. Um, and then Wilson donated about 10 to 15 acres to the Methodist Church, hmm. and they built a co ed college called Wilson College, which then got so big they moved it up into Los Angeles Province. And they renamed it uh, the University of Southern California. Oh, Ooh. yeah, it's the original oh, yeah. campus Graduate of USC. Right here. Super proud of my th- heritage and, uh, of your Methodist college. Yeah, of your really Methodist great. college heritage. Super, they didn't tell me to do one method while I was there. Zero method. Zero methods were enforced or, upon me. However, Methodist, more was like method. I knew a number of people who did meth in college. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, so then uh, it like it, they bought the buildings back. Some of them lived in the buildings for a while, but it became a bunch of other things. Like it was a high school for a while. Then it was a trade school. Then it was all one big private residence for some crazy old woman. That's awesome. And then, That's yeah. Awesome. And then it be- and then it became a boarding house. And then uh, in 1935, California named it a uh, historic landmark. It's landmark number 169. Nice. nice. Um, and in 1963, the current owners of it were like, look, this is a historic landmark, but like we can't afford to keep it up anymore. So like state, you have to buy it or I'm going to tear it down. Oh, mm. so the state bought it and they were like unsure of what to do with it. But they're trying to like revamp it and save it because there are some original structures left on the property. Um, but they really weren't sure what to do. So then by 18, nope, by 1986, mm. um, the state gave it to Los Angeles County. Oh, and they oh. said, we're going to like gift all of this land to you under the promise that you will turn it into a Civil War museum because, and I quote, uh, Drum Barracks is the last remaining original American Civil War era military faculty within Los Angeles proper. That is a mouthful. But you know what? So I, I understand very specifically what it is. Yes. And... And it's really just one building that's left. Mm. Um, and it's that junior officer's building. Okay. Oh, which that is, is pretty still, nice, I hear. 
Yes, it is very nice. And it is now a whole Civil War museum also to the Curtis family because they were there for so long and they ran the installation for so long while it was there. Um, and as you can imagine, Civil War related, of course, it's gonna have some ghosts. Oh, so you've got so many dudes, man, who just die or their limbs die and they're put yeah. in with other it's Chad's just like, legs. It's just like Thing. It's just like the ghost of Thing. Yeah, it's just a around. hand. Just walking yeah, around. Yeah, exactly. Just, what do they call them? The sickies and the one-leggies? Just yes. hanging yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so it was well known that the location was haunted. Like, every iteration of it past its camp days were just like, yeah, this place is haunted as shit. Oh, wow. Um, so some of the basic ghostiness is, like, once the museum closed up for the night, they have a process where they, like, clean the room, they close the blinds, they turn off the lights, they lock the door, they leave, mm -hmm. and then they'd, like, come back in the morning and the lights would be on or the blinds would be up. And there was even a story about some woman who she'd closed up for the night and then went down to her car, looked up, and saw the window shade, like, really slowly rising on its own. Ooh. You know what I'd do? Just uh, keep backing up. I, I would be like, cool, 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 cool. They they cool. all seem uh, I'd walk no... in and I'd be like hey no I left that down for a reason ghost quit it yeah they're all uh, they're all nice or like they're not mean ghosts none yeah. of them are mean ghosts but if um, you did say I that I just to thought them, it would be nice to get a little sunlight in here I was just trying sleepers. to get some vitamin D <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the doors, it's a vitamin, yeah. So the uh, doors will open and close on their own. Even when they're locked, the door will just open. Oh, and then they'll be like, that door is still fucking locked. How did that open? The magic of um, ghosts. I need there's the sun and I want a breeze. Come on. Why else now. are you living in Southern California? Oh. Well, I assume they're opening doors because there's also a lot of like smells of tobacco smoke coming through the house for no reason. Oh. Or like the sound of horses outside. So these are like mm. general ghostiness that happens. Sure. Um, there's three specific ghosts. I was One about of them, to ask. Uh, what about yeah. these specificities? Specificity of ghosts. One of them is called the lady of the house. Oh, That's nice. what they call her. I like they it. think it's Maria Curtis. Oh, so she is the uh, lady So the, of the sexy house. young newlywed. Because this was like the first years of their marriage were spent in this building. And they weren't at what, like, it was very happy time for them as a couple. I think that's why they're still there. Mm. Oh. Um, so people will say they'll see like a young, beautiful, air quotes, ethnic woman. Oh, geez. Um, In a hoop skirt. Who She's like likes Mexican. To <laughs> likes yes. to hang out on the like wraparound porch um and so much so that like one time the nighttime security guard was like is that a person and like waved and she waved back and then he went to shine his flashlight on her and she just disappeared mm. Ooh. um i like that one and yeah so there's so many of these stories. this was like a pretty well-known story so then um in 86 when the city took it over they brought in this woman personal hero named marjo bryan Marge, 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 Marge O'Brien, Marge, 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 Marge. She's <laughs> she not very large, but like... her ha her hair is pretty large. Also, there's an episode of Unsolved Mysteries about this with reenactments. It's delightful. Oh, amazing! High recommend. Thumbs up. Okay, you get to meet Marge Excellent. and her hair. Uh, so Marge takes over. She's brought in to sort of like revitalize the museum and get people to come back into it and stuff. And there's so many of these ghost stories. And then when she starts working there, she's like, yeah, this place is fucking haunted as shit. We should bring in a psychic and find out who these ghosts are and like work it into the museum. Sure. Sounds like a great. Yeah. Fun. So. So she brings in this uh, psychic named Barbara Connor and Barbara, like the very first ghost she sees is Maria. She's hmm. like, oh yeah, she's telling me that her name is Maria. She says that this is her house and she's very happy here and she has no reason to leave and she sees no reason why she would ever leave. So she's just hanging out. So That's I don't it. care how many times you ask her to go. She's going to say, fuck she's, it's my house. She's so fucking there. Fuck yeah, it's my house. Um, um, and the, the, um, 
and one point during the like they're walking Barbara around the building and Barbara's like, oh, there's like a little boy up there on the stairs um, who's throwing a ball at the wall. And they were like, are you fucking kidding me? We keep hearing a weird pounding noise on that wall. We don't know what it is. We brought in like plumbers and electricians to be like, what is this noise? Oh, whoa. And they're like, oh, no, it's this little boy throwing his ghost ball. And she was like, he seems nice. Just ask him to stop and he'll stop. Oh. And they're like, since then, whenever they would hear the noise, they would just be like, please stop throwing the ball. And the noise would stop. Well, at least he's that uh, I like. at least he's nice and not like fuck yeah, you and throws it harder. Sorry. Yeah. No, they're all nice. Uh, she says that as she was walking through, she saw tons of soldiers, like random soldiers, like sitting around in a planning meeting, like playing cards, hanging out, smoking like talking about the war. There's just tons of soldiers that are still hanging out within this space. But the one she sees the most often is Colonel Curtis or who everyone affectionately calls the captain. The captain. The captain. So Barbara saw him in the lounge, what used to be the lounge room. And she said he was like sitting in a chair smoking. And he sees Barbara and he sees that Barbara can see him. And he's like, yeah, um, my chair used to be closer to the fire. So if you could move the chair closer to the fireplace, because I'm cold with my chair this far away from the fireplace. Also, my boots are too tight and my foot hurts. And they're like. That's so weird. And then um, our friend Marge is like in the middle of doing research about who was living here. And she said, I just like after Barbara left, read this thing about how when Colonel Curtis was up murdering air quotes, Native American, Native Uh Californians. Yes. um, He got frostbite in one of his feet and it like always hurt him. And so because of it, he had to wear boots one size smaller on that side. And he always had a lot of trouble getting it on and off. So he was literally like, I'm cold and my foot hurts. Oh, shoot. Isn't that crazy? And moved and me closer like, to the fire. She was like, there's no way the psychic could have known that. Like, sh- like Barbara w- or uh, Marge was just uncovering this, going through, like, archival, uh, like, notes and stuff from him. Oh, wow. Uh, so then she sees uh, the captain again down in stairs with what used to be his office, but what is now, like, a storage room, kind of. Mm-hmm. And he's like picking through the boxes within the storage room. And he's like, I have an award and it goes on that wall. And like, I want my award up on that wall. I'm real proud of it. Where's my award? And Marge is like, that's so weird. He like never won an award for anything. So she like does some more digging to try and see. And he was given this like commemorative plaque for murdering all these Native Americans. (laughs) Oh my God. I um, want it hung. Some, I'm trying to understand why people stopped <laughs> celebrating my murder of natives. Yeah, so at some point within the history of this museum, it got thrown away because it was like so disgraceful. Yeah. It was like, it killed my awesome it was plaque. Like, yeah, and he's like, I want my fucking plaque up. So then they put up this thing that was like, he once won a plaque for doing a bunch of terrible shit, and he's happy with it now. Oh, he's, he's like, it's Because you don't have the plaque cool. anymore. That's fine. You know what? I'll take it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> where's my awesome? Where's my awesome? I murdered a thousand Indians. Plaque. Yeah. Thanks. I need it with the northern exposure from this window. <laughs> it looks re- when it the sun hits the piece of paper saying "murdered Native Americans." It, it just like takes becomes, me back to that time when I murdered all those Native Americans. Like when the sun hits it right at dusk, it like turns into almost the skin tone of all those Americans <laughs> I murdered I for no reason, <laughs> and I got a plaque for it. Oh, man. 
Uh, so now yeah, it's they feeling don't... like home. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but my favorite story um, didn't actually come from Psychic Barbara. It came from some random guy who works for the city and he's an exterminator and he comes in and like does bug spraying in all city owned buildings. Mm. So one of the buildings that he does is this museum. And he said one time he was like working in one of the rooms and he hears a man walk into the room behind him and he doesn't turn around, but he can like hear the man in the room. Um, and then the man says, um, I'm getting myself some water. And the exterminator guy's like, all right, bro, you do you. Like, get yourself some water. Yeah. Um, and then the man says, the the man in the back of the room says, have you seen Maria? Oh. And the exterminator's like, no, I don't know a Maria and I haven't seen a Maria. And he, like, turns around and he sees a, a like, middle-aged guy, head-to-toe union soldier outfit. Um, and he's, and he, so the exterminator stares at him, like, see, like cosplaying or like, he's really right. committed to this. And so the reenactor, so the union sold the reenactor just like shrugs his shoulders. Like, I guess Maria is not in here and walks out of the room. Yeah. Um, so then the exterminator finishes up and then when he's leaving for the day, he's like, that reenactor guy was like super authentic. Like his, his outfit looked so real. And then they were like, oh, you met the captain. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did he have one like, real big boot? <laughs> <laughs> But he just thought he was a real person. Like, he didn't think he was a ghost at all. And he asked for Maria, who's his wife, which yeah. there's no way the exterminator could have known that. Right. He's probably like, I don't That's know, Maria. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, isn't that crazy? Hey, and the, is Maria here? I'm just getting some like, water, no big deal. It's like, have you seen my I plaque? <laughs> I need to stay hydrated. Have you seen my awesome murder plaque? Where's my wife? I like want to show it to her. Maybe we'll like have sex underneath that. Where's my wife? She's like also brown, but the okay kind of brown. Yeah. Right. It's the, the okay kind of brown. <laughs> oh my God. Awful. So uh, the drum barracks are a, a museum that exists still to this day within Southern California. They are open, sadly, not right now, right now, because... Mm-hmm. The Plaga is exploding. Yes, it is. So they closed down sometime in the summer and have not yet reopened. Uh, but once they are open, they um, they offer uh, tours for a $5 donation. Okay. They're all lead tours. So everything is you go through with someone who explained everything to you. Right. Um, and in October, they do candlelight tours at night and talk about all the ghost stories that oh, people have from within the space. Um, and also one sadly part of something that the pandemic has taken away from them is that this was the location of Southern California's biggest civil war book club and they had to shut they had to stop because of COVID because you people couldn't stay inside they did it until book club is over they did it like in February it switches their website switches to like digital meetings but they stopped in July they were like we can't we're so sad about the plaga we can't read about the civil war anymore (laughs) So no, RIP you don't need Civil to, War Book Club, maybe you, it comes back. All they have to do is just look outside. Yeah, geez. I know. Like Ooh. it's in real life. Yeah, there's already a bunch of sickies out there. Anyway, that is the story of the drum barracks and the ghost of the captain. I love it. I love it. That's my captainable location. Sweet. Well done. Well, I'm gonna yell at you for a second, then we'll come right back. Okay, bye. Hey everybody, it's your old pal Gus Grundle the Prospector, and when I'm not panning for gold, I'm shooting somebody. Hey, I'd like to thank people for their iTunes reviews. Abby, thank you for that nice update. It was very nice to hear that you enjoy uh, Nebraska. And Barton Bella, thanks, I guess. You know why. Hey, Patreon. Patreon.com slash booze and brews. Audio episodes, video episodes, show schedules, you should support it. Give us your dollars, because it's a good show, and you should... Give it to us. We deserve it. Also, social media websites. We got it. You want it. It's on a Patreon. 
Wait, no. never mind, it's an iTunes. Wait, no, it's a Twitter. Wow. Booze and Bruce. Facebook. Booze and Bruce. Instagram. Booze and Bruce podcast. Okay, back to the show. Technology, why do you fail me? It was unfortunate. It was unfortunate what happened because that was great content, that five seconds that, that we had that to cut. That five seconds where no one was talking was amazing. Oh, it really, yeah. Oh, God. You know, it's what you the You guys missed out on so much. That's what Barton That's, Bella wants, isn't it, Barton? I, I, <laughs> Calm down. I'm fine. Calm down. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm just going to scream in this microphone like a crazy person. Um, I'm sorry. You wanted us. You, you got us. <laughs> Um, so for captainable locations part two, we are going to move away from the Southern California accent. Oh no, Colonel Chad. No, Colonel Chad's going to go, but it's Colonel Chad and his vitamin D. But what about go- Gus Grundle? We're also yeah. Gus. Oh, I think constant confusion. I Grundle's think it's d- best to leave Gus Grundle in the back. He's, he's going to stay in San Francisco. I, I want to remember him forever. <laughs> I think Gus and his Grundle are best left in the rear view. Yes, they're That's in San Francisco. That's man's opinion. Our best as a luscious booty in the rear view. Yes. So for, for this captainable location, we're going to move more to the Midwest. Oh. Um, yeah. So for my tale of haunted captainable locations, I take us. Picture yourself. I'm, I'm trying Chicago, to picture. Chicago. Okay. Early okay. 1900s. I'm familiar okay. with it. Okay, there we go. That's where we're going, and I'm going to give you a My mind's smattering. eye is aglow with beautiful oh, Chicago and visages of old 1900s eras. Oh, yes. It's like Amazing. I'm there. It's like you're there uh, in a smattering, because that is what we do, of haunted police stations where captains are located, have their jobs. Yeah. It's sure. a captainable location. I Done. love it. There we go. Haunted as Chicago. There's a lot but of them. So, yes. It's uh, a whole smattering. Now, in the early 1900s. Now, I do have to preface this with these are all tales from the very late 1800s, early 1900s. But apparently, the Chicago Tribune wrote a series of uh, articles about uh, the haunted police stations. There are six. This story will, I will tell you about two. Uh, listen okay. to our Patreon. Subscribe to our Patreon and you will get the other four. I'm yeah, sorry. Give there us are, money. There are, there get are no less content. than yeah. three creams in front of me. He is so confused by my hand lotions that are on the table. Next three to he really doesn't like hand lotion. He He's weird he about it. CeraVe and of course London Town whipped cloud Cer- therapeutic hand cream. Timeless. I, why, did, why are there three creams? One of them is your anti-aging. To, because don't you want your wife to stay moist? <laughs> I do not regret that. <laughs> don't you want a moist wife? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. I win. You do. You win this episode. Still broken, still actively broken. Uh, yes. So anyway, (laughs) I have three hand lotions on the table. Shut up. That's fine. I have a giant personal massager next to me. (laughs) (laughs) This is is by far the horniest episode. Oh, booze and bruise Anyway. All of these oh my God. take place in early 1900s Chicago. None <laughs> the of these moistest police st- decades. The moistest <laughs> decade. For- and it's Chicago, the moistest city. The moistest city. 
<laughs> it's on the lake. It's cooler <laughs> near the lake. It's cool. Moister, Moister near, near the, the lake. lake. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's not windy. It's moist. It's moist. Ah, ah. Are you okay? No. Just he really likes the word moist. He finds it. He's tickled by the moistness. Moistness of his wife in particular. So first, a little, a little history of Chicago. Uh, the city was founded in 1833 and had an original population of just 200 people. The, okay. name, the name Chicago itself comes from the Miami, Illinois word Chicagua sure. or wild onion. Yeah, that's what they I called. I did know onion, that. Yeah. Onion town. I didn't know this. Uh, it, yeah. They also mean wild garlic, but whatever the case may be, your breath still going to stink. Yeah. This after is, you yeah. go to Chicago. Gross garbage food town. Gross. Hell Nasty. Yeah. Um, this is that Italian beef sandwich. Yeah, why would you want that? Or pizza that's as big as your face. Just eat it. It's good. I definitely want that. So the city quickly became a hub between the eastern and western United States. Some would say You're a hub. the Midwest. Mm-hmm. You're a hub. You're a um, hub. Joke's on you. It's not even in the middle. Yeah, and after... It's really not. It's no. not. It's, it's more east it's than west. It's also not the Midwest. It's, no, it's no. like the mid-east. East. Mid, yeah, because the mid. Hey, people that name stuff, you fucked up. It's time yeah, to admit it. Yeah, it's a dumb. It's a dumb name on many levels. Yeah, but for uh, decades after the city's creation, Chicago was actually the fastest growing city in the world for decades. Oh, Not just like, like Scientology, for, like Scientology. <laughs> Uh, in 1900, uh, more than 77% of the city's population were either uh, immigrants, recent immigrants, or first-generation Americans. Mm. So oh, Chicago nice. really was like American mil- town. Yeah, it's oh, nice. nice. Oh, oh, nice. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. So all of this population growth obviously means you need police departments. Hell yeah. And the yeah. Chicago PD I thought you were going to be like... I thought you were going to be like, obviously means a bunch of people died. Of course. <laughs> Everyone's dead. Well, that's the fire of 19 whatever where most of Chicago burned down. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know if anybody, I'm sure people died. But that one was started by a cow. Yeah. Yeah. Good time. Late bro. last night when we were all in bed. I don't know this song. Okay, Old Mother Leary left her lantern in the shed and when the cow kicked it over, she winked her eye and said, it'll be a hot time in the old town tonight. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Is that really the lyrics of that song? I believe so. That was too good for her to That's just made that up. I'd never heard the lyrics of that song. Okay. You're anyway. welcome, internet. I love it. Anyway, with all of these should people. Should I sing the themes? Should I sing the words to the Mad Men theme song again? <laughs> Mad Men. Mad Men. Mad Men. <laughs> no. No, we don't. So in the early 1900s, at least six Chicago police stations were reportedly haunted by ghosts. Nice. Uh, I like so, how they had to report it. Yeah, we got a haunting. No, they did. They like went to the Chicago Tribune and told, and there that were there's multiple There's going to be a lot of paperwork report. for this one. Oh, God. I don't want to have to fill out the paperwork. Oh, you got another ghost came by. These, these ghosts are not up to code. No. Oh. No, we're just gonna have to tell the Tribune all about it. Oh, it's like Chicago right Tribune. No- oh, the Trib. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, first up is the 13th Precinct Police Station at Grand Crossing. Okay, oh, that's a long one. According to the Tribune article from February 1898, many of the patrolmen who worked at the station refused to spend the night in the squad room, and some- I refuse to spend a night in the squad room. That's not how they sounded. That's how they, they sounded in my head. Okay. <laughs> and some wouldn't even venture upstairs after dark. Uh, the reason is because the station was haunted by the ghost of a gray-haired man. 
A gray man. That's right. They're being That's haunted so- by a silver fox. John Slattery is haunting this building. Paul Hollywood. Hollywood. It was a silver it's fox. Paul Hollywood. Look at it. Look at it. Roll. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go up there and he's going to make fun of my baking again. Oh, no. He's going to tell me about my soggy bottom. So this ghost's face was covered. I'm hoping Phantom of the Opera style. Oh, I thought you, know, you were going to be like covered in silver hair. He in was silver a hair. wolf. He was a silver wolf. <laughs> uh, so yes, you never actually see the gray haired man's face. You just see he was very emo. He was like early, like late 1890s emo silver fox. Oh, he's can, got like a Justin Bieber haircut. Yeah, totally. So much so that you can't see his face. Gotcha. Gotcha. And he's He's dead. opening for Dashboard Confessional next month. Yeah, My Chemical Romance was all booked. They had yeah. their opening act already. Well, they are doing other things now. Yeah, please. Have you seen Umbrella <laughs> Academy? Come on. Yeah, Gerard Way isn't the heartthrob he used to be. No, <laughs> no, he's not. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, he looks like... Anyway, he looks older. He looks different. Older. Um. Anyway, Moister. So, moister, for sure. He looks like he's had a few Italian beef sandwiches. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> 2020's been hard on all of us. Hey, man. Yeah, no, no ju- shame. Absolutely zero judgment. This, everything <laughs> fucking sucks. We look. Yeah, sometimes that hot Italian beef's the only thing getting us through the day. It's hot Italian beef warms the heart every it's just time. Just hot Italian beef, personal massages, and moist wipes. It just makes it the moistest. <laughs> yep. So the first person to witness the ghost was uh, Sergeant Billy Clancy. Good old oh. Billy. One evening around midnight, Billy was at his desk reading, must have been a slow night, when a shadowy form brushed past him and stroked his cheek as he went by. Oh, he's a sexy Is this a horny ass gray haired man? I don't, maybe. Oh, okay. I mean, who knows? Maybe this is his kink. No shame. He definitely is. Look, we it's on the internet. It's true now. Now he's it's a true. horny ass silver fox ghost. Yeah, that makes him moist. He's rubbing he's his John dead hand Slattery against your jaw. M- He's John Slattery meets Paul Hollywood, and he's ready to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so he touched his cheek as it as he went by and disappeared up the stairs leading to the sleeping rooms. So Billy with a come hither glance, yeah, kind of over <laughs> the shoulder, back over the shoulder. Yeah. Hey boy. So he goes into it awakened in me a lot of feelings I wasn't ready to share with the rest of the boys at the station. <laughs> Let's just say they're not as open as they may be in a hundred years. I, I felt my heart begin to blossom. <laughs> so anyway, the ghost disappeared into the sleeping rooms. Very shortly after the ghost went into the room, the, the door- police officer went in and fucked it. No, no he didn't. He stayed <laughs> yeah, there. Definitely did. No, I think he masturbated. I don't think he like went to go fuck the ghost, but I think he definitely. We don't have any confirmation of that. He fucked the ghost. Okay, he sure. Definitely fucked that ghost. Yeah. So anyway, very shortly after the ghost disappeared up the stairs, the door flings open, uh, and a patrolman. His door flung open. The door. Yeah, his barn door. <laughs> yeah. So his the the door to the room flings open and a patrolman looking very startled comes downstairs in a huff and Sergeant Clancy's like, dude, what the fuck Some is wrong with you? Some ghost just sucked me off up there. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. All of a sudden my I dick a, was really wet. I, I mean, a, I'm not complaining, but I have questions. <laughs> I'm very confused at the moment. And I'm Billy's like, horny and confused. 
<laughs> and then Billy's like, me too, dude. And then they have a circle jerk with the ghost. Oh, and then they just reach across, give each other a little handshake. Yeah. <laughs> Lol, hey, how you doing? <laughs> no, so the patrolman, so when Billy's Hello like... Hello there, partner. Oh, hey. When he goes, hey, dude, what's going on? The patrolman said some of the boys were playing tricks on him and pulled the covers off his bed. And Clancy's like... Some of the boys like, were playing tricks on me dressed up pulled- like a ghost and sucked my dick. <laughs> some of the boys are playing tricks on me. They pulled the covers off my bed and sucked my dick. It's amazing. It's a real funny joke. It's a funny joke. I wish they'd play it more often. <laughs> it's my current favorite joke. And hey, hey guys, you, you should see the punchline. Play, play the suck my dick joke again, please. <laughs> but so Sergeant Billy. So Sergeant Billy was like. No, I don't think it was one of the boys playing a joke on you. I literally just saw a I ghost. think they were just sucking your dick. <laughs> <laughs> think- okay, this version we've created is much better. Yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> this is the Booze and Bruce Nights version yes. of the Haunted 13th. It's a fucking thirsty episode. <laughs> Bob's face is red. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so anyway, Sergeant Clancy was like, no, that was a ghost. And there we go. Okay. Yeah. That was it. Now I understand. Now you understand what happened. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. In fact, he, in, but this is the best because what oh. Sergeant Billy said was actually that it was the ghost who had, quote, taken liberties with the bedclothes. Oh, Hey-o. he took my liberties all right. Yeah, he did. Took them right into his moist uh, mouth. mouth. <laughs> He took, him, he took all of them, all you know, of it. all night, all of it. So about a month later, between 12 and 1 a.m., night operator David Lyon looked up and saw an old man walk by his door. Right on a lion. Yeah. Old Jim, the mastiff that they kept at the back of the station, began howling. Oh, that's so, cool ass old dog. Named Old Jim. I love it. That's um, so, good. so that the night operator went to investigate. So he saw when he left he saw an old man with white hair climbing the stairs again probably to suck one off yeah and disappeared behind the door he's like a dick vampire he's hungry (laughs) for manges Uh, at the same time the phone started to ring and the telegraph machine began to click so he's like well that's weird he went back to check on the machines and somebody else had picked up the phone and he said, no, there was nobody on the other line. And this because it's the late 1890s, the phone only had two direct dials. So only two people could call this number. Mm. One was like, I think they both were other police stations nearby and neither one of them had called. And the telegraph machine started working, but like nothing was coming out of it. Oh. So he was sucking one off and then trying to distract people from what he was doing by making the phones ring and the telegraph machine. Got you. He jizzed so hard, it broke electricity. Yeah, it really did. And he um, destroyed the power grid with the power. That's his, how Chicago burned down. Ghost jizz. Ghost jizz. <laughs> on fire. Look it up. It's on the internet. It's on Wikipedia. It's it very is. flammable. It's going to be now. Uh, a month after that, uh, patrolman John Dwyer saw what he thought to be, quote, an aged tramp, homeless, yep, yep. homeless man, uh, sitting in a patrol box reading a newspaper by candlelight. 
When the officer approached the box, the man turned his head, revealing the covered face of the gray man who had been haunting the station. Officer Dwyer ran to grab another cop and together they went back to the patrol box to investigate. When the pair returned, the candle blew out. The gray man stood up, stepped into the night and vanished. And sucked them both off. Sucked them both dry. Um... So the ghost would make regular visits to the precinct every month, usually between the first and the fifth. Okay. Um, and the ghost would usually make sure to be extra creepy when he showed up. And his MO was to stroke the faces of the dudes <laughs> yeah. in the patrol he was, station. He was on his cycle. He was horny as shit. Yeah. He yeah, would yeah. only stroke the faces of the men like while they were sleeping, either in the yeah. squad room or in the sleeping quarters. This is a horny he wanted, ass ghost. He's a Yeah, pervert. he wanted that spicy Chicago hot dog. Yeah, he wants your pepperoni. He wants that deep dish. <laughs> so yeah, he's a gross old man pervert ghost. Um, the last known visit. I the- like him. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's great. Um, I'd be friends with him. <laughs> the last known visit of the ghost was on February 4th, 1898. Patrolman Philip McGuire was uh, awakened to a hand touching his face. Okay, Jerry, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, Jerry Maguire. the ghost of Paul Hollywood. Felt the ghost of Paul Hollywood stroke his chin and he heard the ghost say in like a raspy voice, are it's you ready? It's mate. <laughs> it's not what he said. He oh. said, are you ready to go to Cuba? Oh, oh man. <laughs> this is my missile crisis. Oh my God. <laughs> my missile crisis. <laughs> there goes Bob again. This ghost is trying to entice this cop on like this romantic dick tricking trip to Cuba. To Cuba. <laughs> so he There's no rules in Cuba. Plan. So he asks, "Are you ready to go to Cuba?" And he was standing over the officer, and stand sorry, and standing over the officer was an old man with a covered face. And as soon as he said, "Are you ready to go to Cuba?" he vanished, and then he never came back. So he went to Cuba. <laughs> he went- now he's a ghost in Cuba. Was now he's just sucking dicks in Cuba. And moist, moist lips. Moist lips. <laughs> Senior glisten lips. Yeah, Senior there. glisten lips. Oh my God. So anyway, that is the story of the 13th uh, is there precinct. Ma- are there many more stories? I don't know if I can take No, there's, I got there's, one more for oh, you. She's got one more. Okay. You do you have I, room for one more. Keep telling me this fucking story. This is the most I've laughed um, in a long time. But anyway, so today the 13th precinct is the third district of the Chicago Police Department. So the uh-huh. area, there's still a police station. I just don't know if it's that one precinct. My guess is no. Um, another station that was reported to be haunted was the Inglewood Station. Inglewood, oh, Inglewood. Up to no Always good. Up to no good. And a wood. Yes. Uh, it is believed that the ghost who haunted that station was a Polish laborer who died on a nearby train track and decided to spend his afterlife in the Inglewood police station's sleeping rooms. So he's a very- sausage man who died laying tracks. <laughs> yep. And he's <laughs> really <laughs> angry. And he's real, real mad that he's, he's dead. He's an angry sausage man. Yeah, he's a spicy who, sausage. Who died just running a train. Yep. That train ran right in his hole, right <laughs> in his train, station. He ran the train. That train ran him. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So the 
Mr. Polish Sausage was not a happy ghost. As okay. I mentioned, he would carry a bag filled with brick bats. And if you're wondering what a brick bat What's is. What's a brick bat? It's little chunks of brick that would fall off. They called them brick bats for some reason. But so anyway. You bat off the brick. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, it's you a, smack it off. It's, a, it's rubble built. It's rubble built. So he had like a bag full of these brick bats and would throw them at people who got too close to him. This guy sounds like a shitty Santa Claus. He's, he's got like a big old sack. <laughs> just, just angry. Whaps people with it. It's, yeah. It's Belschnickel. It's yeah. Belschnickel. Oh, Krampus. Oh, da, der Krampus. That's very Krampus. German. I don't know how to say Krampus in Polish, but I'm guessing Krampuski. it's not easy. Krampuski. Krampuski. Yeah. So... A plainclothes officer did Krampalopowitz. Krampa <laughs> Krampa Bopowitz. Yeah. No, that's the that's Greek Krampus. That's Greek Krampus. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, let me just go back into like my family history and pick the most Polish name yeah. I can find. Revolinsky's pretty he's, good. I mean that he's Belschnickliski. Yeah. Belschnickliski. Yeah. Revolinsky yeah. with with not a V to be found. No V. <laughs> um, so anyway, a plainclothes uh, officer didn't believe the tale, so he decided to spend the night to prove the story was malarkey. He Joe Biden. I ain't afraid shit. no sack. Yeah, he goes. Look, don't throw things out of your sack into me. Keep that in. I your sack. A, I'm not afraid of a sausage, man. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just Here, say, throw that sausage straight in my mouth. Yeah, I'll just, eat it. Uh, no, that's the other ghost. Oh. <laughs> this one Look, there's a lot of sausage enthusiasts <laughs> in chicago in my experience it's kind of true yeah bye bye it so anyway let's just say <sighs> it did not go well for mr plainclothes police officer uh, about an hour after going to bed uh officer lang who was the the cop was startled by a heavy thumping on the floor under his bed so he heard a lot of was surprised by a brick in the back of his head <laughs> no uh he was by a, a thwomp on the floor underneath his bed he turned over to see what could have made the noise and when he turned over he saw the a ghost with fireballs for eyes oh, shit. and a bag of brick bats staring back at him that that fucking whips man yeah scared yeah. shitless mr. Eating all them fiery hot sausages from poland scared shitless mr lang jumps out of bed and the fireball polish sausage man follows his ass out of the police station throwing bricks at holy him holy shit yeah. the get whole off way. my lawn seriously you take your shit and get off my lawn this is the best chased the police <laughs> cl- uh, officer all the way to his house to his house to his house and was like you stay there and uh yeah he that he was definitely a believer then oh. after that um uh the station was remodeled in 1907 with, and with after nothing but brick bats nothing but know. leftover pieces of brick bats no it was remodeled in 1907 and the ghost didn't appear as frequently after this remodel but you know that really oh, wasn't he enough doesn't like he doesn't like the new shiplap. No, he's just going to stay away from the shiplap. But that wasn't enough to kind of reassure the officers who would stay in the squad room. Uh, and they would often share rooms in the sleep uh, when sleeping at the station. Because yeah, together. sure. That's why. Together. Hold, hold me. I'm scared. I'm so scared. Huddle together for warmth. Oh, policeman daddy. Hold, mm. hold me. I think this is the start of 90% of pornos uh, on Pornhub. Well, there you go. In, in the in this particular genre. Well, <laughs> in nineteen, I, look, and it's, you can now say based on a true story. Based on a true story. Yeah. 
And then they some bring out maybe fictionalized. Some of it, not all. Yeah. Some of yeah. them, others they, might be real. They cuddled for safety. Then they brought out their own brick bats. Yeah. <laughs> and then the ghost of Paul Hollywood sucks them all off. Exactly. Oh my god. This would sell. This is a this is a this good, would sell. This, this is feeling. This is edging towards like a Chuck Tingle situation. We. <laughs> You're welcome, Chuck. We just wrote your next book for you. <laughs> Send all royalty checks to Booze and Brews podcast. Yeah. Got you. Oh uh, so there you go. That is the story of two of the six early 1900s haunted Chicago police stations. Those are some fucking captains. Now, speaking of captains, Bob, calm down and let's talk about this beer. Let's talk about this beer. It's a very good beer. I like it a lot. <laughs> so it's, uh, it is a hazy, even though it doesn't say it's a hazy IPA, it is very juicy. Yeah, again, this is Captain Ron from Aslan Brewing Company. It's 7%, which feels pretty solid, solid for, an, for IPA. an IPA. Like just a standard IPA. It's it, pretty easy drinking for a seven, though. I'll say that. I like it quite a bit. It is hazy as shit. It looks like yep. grapefruit juice. It does yeah. look like grapefruit juice. It's it's piney. It kind of punches you in the face. I don't uh, care for it much, but... I, I don't... I find it to be more floral than piney, personally. I love <laughs> sure. a Christmas tree in my fucking mouth, and this feels more like... It's springy. It, you know what? Mm. If you it, g- give it another smell, because there is floral, but there's pine mixed in with it, which I think is part of the reason I like it so much. Like it's resiny. Mm. Yes. It Hot. is rubbing it is, on my brick bat. It feels very like a. There's nothing wrong with this IPA. It tastes no. like a very good IPA. It tastes like a craft beer IPA. Yeah. Zero complaints. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not a lot of distinguishing characteristics, but there zero really complaints. Isn't. No. It's not like one hop. Per, you know, they don't even tell you what hops are on. No, in it doesn't here. matter. It's just, just drink it. It tastes good. Like, that's yeah, all it's I good. Say. And the can art is super cool. Yeah, it's yeah. got a line with an yeah. eye patch. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's good. I like it. Hey, good. guys, what? support local brewery or something. Hey, this is a part of the show. <laughs> local, where I if get... you live in Washington. Yeah, only, only. Yeah, if you live somewhere else, don't drink it. You can't. Don't drink it. Um, so hey, I get to pick a winner now. How do you pick a winner? <laughs> I don't know. You know. There's a bunch of things I love in this world. Number one, I love lambs. Okay, those are great. Lambs. It's cops that suck dick. That's just great. I love, I, I'm also a fan of that. Right? I love where I went to school, USC. Great school, really good. Do I remember much of it? Not really. Uh, I love fire-eyed Polish belschnickels. Those are just wonderful. I love Curtis's murder plaque. But if there's one thing I love more than anything in the world, it's my moist wife. So Melissa oh wins. <laughs> that feels fair. That feels fair. I abide by the ruling. Right? <laughs> I mean, look, you can take your appeal up to Bob again. I don't. I am yeah. not appealing that decision. That feels solid. <laughs> that feels like a solid reason. Jeez. All right. To our the moistest of listeners if out there. If you're still listening, thank you. Thank you for continuing this bring, shit show. Bring your moist selves back, back next, next week. week. Yes. There will be more brews. And there will be more brews. And until then, cheers. cheers. <laughs> Gross.